0: Welcome to another fantastic episode of Retro Vaniacs. As always, I'm Jeremy Parmentier here with Jeremy Gregory. Hey guys. And Billy Holiday. Hello there. And uh, this week we're going back to the Nintendo Entertainment System for a classic, one of my top three NES games of all time, Goonies Two. But before we get to that, Billy, what have you been playing since last time?
1: Well, I, I've been I've been playing a few things. Uh, that uh, that Overwatch. You know, I spoke last week about how that competitive mode didn't sit well with me i guess it it has done something to me because i was playing this game you know i'd pop on every evening at least for a little bit but i just i think it soured me a little bit and i've only been on there once this week Uh, i'm gonna try to get back into it because i was really enjoying it and i'm gonna try to just put all that behind me stay far away from that mode and try to get back into it having fun again but i uh there was a in you know, the PlayStation, I think for like a month now, has had a steady sale going on. Uh, and I picked up that game. I guess it's pronounced Soma. It's like a, a survival horror type thing. Uh, I was always interested in it, but, uh, you know, not enough to kind of jump in full price. I got it real cheap. Uh, I played all the way through it, and it is outstanding. An excellent game. Uh, but I wouldn't play it if you are already depressed going in. Because uh, it might be <laughs> enough to push you over the edge. Oh, good! Uh, but even if you're uh, even if you're coming in jovial, you'll be a broken man by the end of it. But uh, that's all right. Sometimes for the games. And I, oh, you know, I've been playing the shit out of this Pokemon Go also. Oh God! D- uh, come on now. <laughs> I, I don't know why. I think my my son is really into it, uh, and I think I've already expressed on here that i have gotten into several video games just to outdo him uh which is kind of what i started with on here uh but i've i've, I've gone on and uh, just had a good time with it my wife's into it uh fortunately our downtown has all the pokey stops you can handle and a few gems. and one day i'm going to camp out there and capture those gems. those are my so now i have goals in life now thanks to this game
2: I guess I've never really been the biggest Pokemon fan ever and for a game that is literally wanting me to go outside and go places in 90 to a hundred degree weather to to catch yeah, Pokemon on my phone. I, I am just like, no, I no, had, thank you.
1: I had to, I had to question the summer release myself. Um, because yeah, a lot of it is, is, it's very brief, uh, trips outside. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, you know, we drive into the downtown, you know, just kind of do a couple laps. Uh, this would have been an excellent fall, uh, high 60s, low 70 degree release. But uh, hopefully it'll, st- I mean, I'm sure the diehards will still be playing uh, in a few months. I think the general public probably will have forgotten about it. Probably by the time this is posted. I, I think that. it does
2: like some cool stuff, you know. It- oh, yeah. It really seems like, you know, the the natural evolution of of what you could do with a Pokemon game. I mean, this is literally just real-life Pokemon. You know, it's kind of cool that it puts, like, uh, river-based Pokemon, you know, around rivers or lakes and and forest-based Pokemon and forests and stuff like that. I think that's really cool. Mm -hmm. Um, But from what I have been able to play with it so far, it is not um, reliable. I guess. I, I don't know if it's a mm. server thing or what, but this thing freezes almost constantly on me. Um, logging in or even just um, when I'm trying to actually do something, uh, I will just get kicked out. Or it will freeze and, and not do anything. So maybe in a month or two when when they get this thing ironed out to where I, I can maybe play it reliably, mm. uh, I might really get into it. Also when the temperatures drop, because it's just way too hot right now to go out and catch me about 100 pidgeys and you know, evolve that into something. I just just can't do that right now.
0: Well, I'm going to the the beach this coming week, and I guarantee there's going to be crowds of people uh, that I'm not going to figure out what they're doing until I see everyone's on their phone because they're out hunting for Pokemon on the beach. I guarantee it.
2: (laughs) Have you not joined this Pokemon Go craze yet?
0: I haven't. I mean, my kids aren't old enough to really get it. Because uh, you know, my oldest is four So he doesn't really understand what Pokemon is He doesn't get how this would work uh, But I guarantee if they were old enough to play it I'd be hooked into it, uh, guaranteed And so I just don't want to get started Because I know it will be something that I do uh, Probably to a dangerous level That's what I do <laughs> <laughs> Also I keep going over my data plan I don't need anything else to help me with that I'm good just wasting my data on whatever I'm doing now
1: I've got, I've actually got, I've got good news on that It seems to be very low uh, Low impact on the whole, data thing.
0: Well, this is not helping things, but uh, I, I still, <laughs> I still I'm, don't I'm want to. Sorry,
1: play. Uh, I'm enabling. I'll quiet down. Well,
0: <laughs> I had downloaded I, I the, will the new. Stick
2: with me, Tomo. Thank you very much. <laughs> I
0: did stick with me, Tomo, for a while, but I, I did download the new Final Fantasy things like Exevius. Mm-hmm. It's a a mobile only Final Fantasy that does have some kind of microtransactions for how many turns you can take, but you can just wait and get more turns. It's okay. I, I played it for about an afternoon and. And uh, you know, get to play with characters from other Final Fantasies, but it's random as to, to who you get. So, uh, after about half an hour uh, of playing it, I realized I've gotten my fill of it. And that, and that was my mobile gaming uh, since the last time. <laughs> but I did finish, finally, uh, Mega Man 6. So, I finished all six Mega Man in the Aye. Legacy Collection, and I moved on to the challenges, which I don't know if you've played with any of those, Jeremy, but those challenges are ridiculous.
2: No, I haven't actually gotten into the challenges yet. I'm, I'm just kind of staring at that because I know it's just going to be a pain in the ass to do.
0: Well, it's, it, most of them aren't impossible. They give you a good number of time and almost unlimited lives. But, you know, it's like you get a gold, silver, or bronze. And so, of course, you want gold for everything. But some of those times on the golds, it's like don't miss one possible shot against the bosses. So, right. you know, it should be pretty good. Um,
2: so what were your uh, thoughts on, on the entire NES Mega Man collection here?
0: Really, the only one I didn't like is 5, and I'm not quite sure why after playing through 6, which essentially has the same problems. I I liked 6, and I finished 6. I think 5 was just frustrating because none of the the weaknesses for the bosses were uh, very obvious, and then some of the weapons were pretty useless. Like, some of them you can only use when you're charging, like uh, sliding, and then some of them... Like, there was one that was a rock that spun around you that didn't really hit anything, so I found a lot of the the boss weapons would be pretty useless in Mega Man 5. But otherwise, I mean, it's a solid collection. It plays really well. Having save states makes it way, way, way better. Uh, the other game I've been playing nonstop is the same one I talked about last week, Tokyo Mirage Sessions Sharp FE, uh, which I'm still not even sure if that's how I'm saying it right, uh, but it's a pound or sharp, I don't know, or <laughs> hashtag FE. I don't really know. <laughs> but it's uh, actually, no, hashtag would probably make sense. Uh, but it's it's really, really good. I'm about 25 hours in. I think there's only about another 10 or 15. It's fairly short in the world of RPGs. But it just keeps building and building and building as far as the the abilities your characters can get and uh, the amount of customization you can do. I'm really enjoying it, uh, but it is still embarrassing to have anybody watch me play it. Uh, The most recent uh, new characters I've gotten uh, is like an anime girl cooking show that she hosts. So all of her cutscenes involve using a microwave, and it's super embarrassing. But it's still a great game. I highly recommend (laughs) Tokyo Mirage (laughs) Sessions. Hashtag just just F-E. play it
2: by yourself in a closet. Just.
0: <laughs> I play it when no one is around. I play it at night if my wife is out of, out or asleep. And uh, otherwise, as soon as anyone comes in the room, it is off. and goes back to the news or whatever else is on the TV. Not that. Uh, but it's amazing. It's really, really good. And if this is any sign of, of uh, how good Persona 5 is going to be, I'm going to have to get that day one.
2: I, I really kind of want to play this because every time someone says anything about it, it just sounds completely ridiculous. <laughs> and. That was kind of like my favorite thing from Persona was just kind of how ridiculous the characters were and and how they played off each other. I mean, is that is that kind of what you get in, in FE as well?
0: I think it's worse in many ways, not worse in a bad way, but it, the characters are not as complex as they are in, in Persona 4 and 3. So they're very, they're not one dimensional. They're still good, interesting characters, but but they don't all have a dark side. It's, it's all very, very happy. But instead they have, um, you know, because it, it seems like there's a good deal of fan service in it if you're aiming at the... Idle anime crowd, I guess, but there 's all these costumes you earn as you watch their cutscenes, so one of the characters wants to work on this uh, almost like a gotcha man kind of action tv show it has like a, a a scene in it where he's one of the evil villains or whatever so then you earn his costume you can put him in for whatever reason during the combats as the evil villain so they all have this so like that microwaving cooking girl now has like this ridiculous little anime cooking outfit i can put her in it's uh, unbelievable uh, and yet i can't stop doing it i can't stop finding new outfits for people and and uh, <laughs> and making my team look as ridiculous as possible but the game still has a very very solid fighting engine underneath it for for an rpg game so it's I mean, it's really, really good and really, really goofy. And if, maybe if I wasn't almost forty, I'd be less embarrassed to play it. But it's great. <laughs> so, Jeremy, what have you been playing since last time?
2: Well, in an effort to uh, to make sure that I mentioned The Witcher Three on as many podcasts oh. as possible, uh, I continue to play The Witcher Three. But I, I have talked about The Witcher Three to death at this point, and I don't I don't think I can really say any more about it. I mean, I continue to play Gwent, and I've actually. Started to to play through the game again. You know, I kind of just wanted to get up to the point where I could play Gwent with with random computer people and be sad. But I've um, I've really started to to get back in there and do some things I didn't do at my in my first playthrough very well. Um, I've made a much better character this time. I've not done the the Billy thing and, and gimped my character immediately like I did with uh, my first playthrough, and uh, I'm having a much better better go at it this time, especially since I actually understand how the combat works and, and the different, um, abilities that you can choose and, and use. So, um, it, it's much more enjoyable this time around. And, uh, I, I, continue to play through it because that's, I guess that's the only game that I can play these days. Um, I'm hoping to maybe grab dark souls three here in the next couple of weeks and, um, uh, maybe start up a thing with Billy and, and see how far we can get in that. And, uh, You know, I I don't know, just...
1: I've got a... uh, Not far, is probably probably what I'm assuming.
2: I mean, I love Bloodborne so much, and I I really want to get into Dark Souls 3, and uh, I I just never took that plunge, and I I guess because I'm always worried that I'm just going to get too into it, like I did with Bloodborne. I mean, I sat there and played Bloodborne for hours, just at a time, and I think any game that has me grind continuously for levels, like going back through an area... Mm-hmm. And, and killing things and, and collecting stuff so that I can level up, I will do that endlessly. And I think that's why I love JRPGs from back in the day so much, because that's all it was. And that's a good deal of what Dark Souls and Bloodborne is, is collecting things and leveling up and getting new abilities and, and stuff like that. So I think I'm going to try it out. And uh, so, so maybe next, next time I will actually have something different to talk about than Witcher 3.
0: Well, Jeremy, I for one can't wait to hear about The Witcher next week as well. So, and <laughs> but uh, something else we all hopefully played since last time we uh, we recorded is this week's game, Goonies 2 for the Nintendo Entertainment System. Now, Goonies 2 is a game i played probably a hundred times, start to finish. I don't know exactly why it's a game that's hit me the way it has, but I cannot get enough Goonies 2. Did you guys play this before this uh, this podcast?
1: I actually, I, I do own this title. Uh, I, I You know, I pulled out the Nintendo again. I uh, played this off the original. Uh, yeah, I, I owned it. Um, I think this may have been a purchase uh, that my parents made, though. I don't recall... This is one of those games I remember. It was just kind of there one day. So I didn't really seek this one out. Uh, but yeah, I remember playing this one off and on. Uh, as far as playing it through to completion, uh, I did maybe once when I was a kid. And I'm sure we'll probably get into why. I did not more often. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I had a pretty pretty good recollection of this one. I didn't
2: actually play this one as a kid. Um, I always looked on at it uh, with the, the Nintendo Player's Guide. Uh, it had a, a very large section in that guide dedicated to Goonies 2, and I was always impressed uh, by that, and I just loved looking at the map, because it's a huge map, and uh, it, it was really fun to kind of go through that and, and look through it in the guide and everything, but I never actually played it. I, ne- I never actually saw it anywhere. As popular as this game apparently was, I don't think I ever saw it at the video store or anywhere anywhere.
0: Well, it was a relatively early game on the system. It came out in 1987, so it wasn't a, a launch title by any means, but it wasn't a late system title either. And you're right, that there was like a six- to eight-page spread in the Nintendo Player's Guide, and and I know I looked at that easily, you know, a hundred times as well before I played the game. It is a huge map. Um, basically, Goonies 2 is a Metroidvania-style game where you can, you know, backtrack across the map, and there's parts of the map you can't get to until you get new items. Uh, it's it's a 2D side-scroller metroidvania and um it follows the story of the goonies so if you've never seen the movie the goonies uh, i highly recommend finding it it's an amazing kids film that anyone can enjoy Uh, all
1: right let's get this out uh (laughs) uh-oh i i promise here comes another one i I promised a dark secret last week Uh, i don't like that i do not like the goonies film uh you know as a kid i was lukewarm to it uh Every, but every sleepover you went to, every time, you know, kids hung out and there was movies to be watched, this is the movie that got watched. So I fell in line and uh, and it was years later. I mean, just a few years ago, I, well, I thought, well, maybe I should have a look back because what happened was I picked up the Monster Squad uh, that finally got a DVD release. I don't think it ever made it to Blu-ray. It got a DVD release, though. So that was well enough. And I watched it again, and it was every bit as good as I recall it being from years ago. I said, well, let me look back at this Goonies. And I did, and oh, it's a mess of a film. Uh,
0: this, is the most, this is the most incredible thing you've ever said.
1: I, ju- I just find every character to be completely obnoxious. I, I, I don't like Chunk. And I was a fat kid growing up, too, and I still couldn't get behind him. (laughs) I don't like Chunk. I don't like this uh, fucking truffle shuffle. Anything with sloth in it could be cut out. The interaction between the very weird interaction between them, I don't know what that relationship quite is. Uh, We could do without it. I don't know. I don't think it helped that a friend of mine had a baby. And the thing looks an awful lot like sloth. Well, that, that's dark. This is a dark story. <laughs> and, and 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 one day uh, on Facebook they had posted a picture. Uh, I mean, it's like two or three years old now, and it's a girl too. Uh, and they were holding a candy bar, and and my wife. Uh, gets so angry at me because every now and then I'll show her that picture and I'll, I'll do the, the, Hey, you guys, (laughs) that, that's good. That's good for an elbow in the ribs every time, (laughs) but that's it. I just, I don't, I don't care for this film, but yeah, it's not going to have any bearing uh, on my thoughts about this game.
0: It's a very loose tie to the movie other than giving it some, some background and some setting. It's not even honestly a sequel to the movie. It's a sequel to the original NES game that we never got in the United States. Um, but the, it's a very similar game, so you don't need to hunt it down uh, to understand Goonies Two. It, it's basically Goonies Two takes ideas from the first Goonies game uh, and makes them more interesting. The first Goonies game, it's little levels instead of a fully Metroidvania style map, uh, and you have to collect keys to open doors, uh, which is kind of what you do in this too. But it's just not as not as expansive. It's not as much of an adventure game as it is kind of a, a standard arcade game sort of feel to it.
2: That always kind of bothered me as a kid. I was like, "Where's?" Goonies 1. You know, back then we didn't really know, and we just kind of started out with Goonies 2, and, and even over here in, in the U.S. when they released it, it was called Goonies 2, like we had an idea that Goonies 1 was already out in
0: Japan. Like, I didn't know. Well, I thought it was just supposed to be Goonies 2, as in this is the sequel to the movie. Like, it didn't yeah. need to have a. an understanding there was a first Goonies, and the only reason I, I know it you know, knew it before this podcast, was uh, the PlayChoice 10s or the Versus machines, they were like the arcade machines They were basically just NESs with a bunch of games in them. They mm-hmm. had that. Some of them had the original really? Goonies. That's the only reason I ever knew about it before I did any kind of research for a podcast. And yeah, it, it's not a bad game. It actually shares a lot of the graphics uh, styles and the music from this game. So again, you don't need to hunt down the original Goonies to understand Goonies 2, but um, it, it <laughs> for a long time it, it led into my understanding of why the story of Goonies 2 involved a mermaid um, <laughs> so to get to the story of Goonies 2 i'm going to summarize Goonies 1 uh, very very quickly the original movie uh, which is basically a bunch of kids stop uh, the fratellis a criminal gang uh, and in the process they go on a great adventure underneath the uh, the town and find an old pirate ship to save their town it's a kind of dumb story but a great movie unless you're billy so this game <laughs> all the fratellis have captured your friends there's there's six of your friends that have been captured And your friend Annie the Mermaid. And they have locked them all away in their hideout. And so you as Mikey, the child hero of the original Goonies, I guess. I think they're all heroes, but he's more or less the main character. uh, Has to then go into the house uh, and and find keys to unlock doors and, and find out where they're hidden across this house. That's a very bare bones understanding of the story. But I never understood where the mermaid came from. And for years I thought, oh well that that ties into the Goonies arcade game, the Goonies video game. It does not. I don't know I still don't know where this mermaid came from. Why she's why the Fratellis would capture a mermaid. What point does that serve? I have no idea. So instead of it just being a standard Metroidvania-style you know, action game, in order to go back and forth between areas that would make no sense to have a house go into, say, a, a jungle or a lava-filled cave, in the house there are all these doors. And the doors will take you to warp zones. Uh, warp zones are basically, it's, it's almost like a first-person view, like a shadow gate for a couple rooms where you can talk to people and you can use items you can find hidden doors and a lot of those there will be an old man that says welcome to the warp zone and you find another door and it takes you from the house to you know an, a cave full of ice or a, like a lava filled cave or uh, jungles there are a couple different areas you can go to that, that all go through these warp zones and you have to find the goonies across these other areas the other six goonies and save them once you've got all six saved you then go and find the mermaid uh, and save her and that's how the game essentially start to finish that's your goal But in all these rooms where you talk to people and find uh, hidden doors and things, you'll also find items. There's a good number of items that are only usable in these rooms, like a ladder that uh, you you find in one room or a scuba diving set that lets you go underwater. Um, It makes it so that that it's a far more interesting game than it needs to be, but it also trying to play it now, uh, I mean, again, I've played this enough times that I can just kind of do it on memory, but a lot of it didn't make any sense. And I don't know how I remembered to do things, like how I would ever have figured them out. It has to be that Nintendo guide because there's a few things in it uh, there, like, there's a woman, for example, that sits there and says, "Like, get out of my house. We have nothing to do." So you hit her in the head five times, and I don't know how I ever would have figured that out ever as a kid, but it has to be in that Nintendo guide. But otherwise, that's all stuff I've just memorized and gone through. Did, did anyone get stuck on anything in this? Because a lot of it is nonsense.
1: Oh yeah, uh, and this is, it's got a few of those things. I think just last week I was, or last episode I was talking about. I don't that kind of maze like structure. Uh, with the warp points and, you know, you don't know where it's going to take you and there's backtracking. I just, oh, it's that style that that I don't care for. But, yeah, I remember as a kid I had to play this with that guide opened up next to me uh, the whole time. And knowing that going into it this time, I tried to, to you know, purposefully not use it and not use any uh, help at all online. I didn't make it too far. Uh, there are some things uh, I think, like where you need to throw on the glasses to see uh, a hidden door. Uh, yeah, you have to hit a couple of the characters to get the helmet. I think you have to hit this kid several times to get a candle. Uh, just a lot of things that, and there's nothing really, not even any kind of cryptic clues. Uh, so I don't know how you would figure this stuff out. And I didn't, I didn't make it far before I actually had to had to consult a, a kind of a guide online.
2: I tried my best. I, I made it about 30 minutes in, and because uh, I was really going into this blind since I didn't play this as a kid. And uh, as soon as I made it to those little rooms, like the little 3D rooms, I knew I was in for trouble because it brings up a list off to the side of the room, uh, if you've never played this game before, where you can uh, hit, use, take... And something else. If there's anything in there, you can... Like if there's an item, you can click or um, press take. And it will take the item. Uh You can also, you know, hit. It'll bring up a little fist. You can start hitting the walls. And this game, you it is almost required every single room you go into, you will need to hit those walls. Because something will show up. I mean, there's... You just can't take it for granted that there's nothing in the room and then leave. You have to try everything at your disposal, because something will usually pop up out of nowhere. You may not know what you did to get it, but uh, as long as you try everything, which was my strategy uh, going forward, just do literally press every button on every wall and something will usually pop up.
0: It's not just hit. You'll use hit, which is your hand, to find hidden secrets. Then later on, you find a hammer pretty early on. And again, right, you have to yeah. use it on all the walls you can see. So the, you know, the, the sides of the room, the, the wall in front of you, the ceiling and the floor. You have to hit all five of those areas with both your hand and then your hammer. And then mm-hmm. if that doesn't work, later on you get glasses and you use the glasses. And sometimes that will open up a door. Or uh, The other thing you'll find in these rooms, uh, other than hidden doors or holes to use your ladder in, um, are these little safes. And uh, you, you use the keys. You find keys or random pickups you get from enemies, although you can also find key rings in these rooms by hitting walls. Um, and you'll use up a key to open up the safe. Sometimes the safe has items in it. Sometimes the safe will give you a hint. Sometimes the safe will give you a, the most useless wall of text you've ever seen where it'll say things like, <laughs> Goonies is fun. You should play Goonies. And you're like, God, I wasted my only key on that. So you can't save a Goonie without a key. So if you only got one key and you open up a safe hoping it's going to be some great item, and instead it tells you, like, hey, did you know the Konami man will help you with your health? And you're like, oh, God damn it. And you, you've lost your only key. You've got to go out and basically just you know the enemies kind of spawn from set points so you can stand right on top of an enemy spawn point and just hit it with your yo-yo over and over and over again and eventually a key will drop but again that's you know much like um keith courage that we reviewed many episodes ago if that's the style of gameplay you need where it's just stand there and kill the same thing over and over and over again to get enough coins or keys or whatever that's misery so, I mean, I love this game, but that's still a part that I was like, oh, I forgot about this part. <laughs> I forgot about all the keys and how much I wasted them. But again, I since I've memorized this game pretty much, and I don't even think about it. I just was like mindlessly playing, and I got through the last set of areas, and, and I was like, how would I ever remember this? These maps are not just a little confusing. They're extremely confusing. And even with the guide that came with the, the Nintendo Player's Guide... They have they have two screens where it shows you, like, there's a, a front world and a back world, almost. Yes. And yes. there's just these lines and circles drawn around everything. I, I know the game, and I still don't understand that damn
1: map. <laughs>
0: it's super confusing. I mean, they made this game. It, it it definitely... I think the front and back mixed in with all the warp zones just makes it chaos to try to figure out where everything is and what to do. Um, but yet, somehow, I, I love those rooms. The the They hit everything walls, rooms, even though it's tedious and boring. That's what makes this game different than every other metroidvania or or anything like it it's it made it different and it i can't say necessarily it's a great way to build the game but it made it interesting and that's what i remember most about the game is those rooms and the warp
1: zones yeah i mean i mean for better or worse this game it stands out at the time uh i mean there's not many other games that really did that at all but I, i i think the highest praise i can give this game and i'll go ahead and get it out there is the music on this game It has to... I forgot all about it. It has to rank among some of the best on the NES...
2: something that probably one of my favorite things about this game was just uh, hearing some of this this music. I, I think I'd actually heard a lot of it maybe in, in videos or something on YouTube, you know, people using it as background music, but I never really knew what game it came from. Um, and it, it turns out it's Goonies too. I I love the soundtrack in this game.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, every track is good. I mean, the, the bass track you get at the beginning is, you know, an NES chiptune version of the theme to the goonies by cindy lopper goonies are good enough but then they have all the other areas have their own themes and they're catchy and they're they get stuck in your head and just just playing this you know if i was pausing it to uh to kind of write some stuff down so i'd have notes for the show i just let it play the music and i didn't care how annoying yeah. it got to everybody else around me i love the music to <laughs> this game start to finish it's gold
2: i will say one thing about konami um and their early nes games they really tried to do a lot of stuff different. I mean, I just got done reviewing, like, Top Gun and how many other kind of, you know, flight sims were on the NES. I mean, who, who would really be crazy enough to try a straight-up flight sim when they could have easily just made, um, you know, a, a Life Force clone or something, you know, that using an F-14. But Konami really seemed like they tried to do uh, a lot of different stuff. And, and Goonies too. I mean, for better or worse they really went crazy with this kind of whole um, adventure-like, these rooms that you go into. It really is kind of like an old adventure game. So, I mean, that's really neat that they put that in here. I think they might have went a little overboard with it, and, you know, this game might be a little bit too big uh, for just to remember what all you need to do in these rooms, but uh, I think it's really cool that they put it in there.
0: Well, it's a big game, and they try to give you uh, kind of an in-game guide. You find these little radio transceivers that you pick up and they will make on your map flash, you know, give you a little circle that says hey, a goonie is here. But again, your map is it's kind of useful, but it's really not. I mean, oh, that map's terrible. They, they Oh, no. You can see, oh, I have to go, you know, it's it's on the same general area I am, but it's like two screens down and one screen over, but but it's not it, a screen is not the size of a screen. A screen is, that they show you their little boxes and an area, but they've taken all these nonsensical non-connecting geographies and made them kind of lay on top of each other on the map so that they could have one consistent map but it doesn't make any sense you know how you would get to these areas it's great to know that it's two squares down but what the hell does that mean you might still have right. to go through 17 warp zones to get two squares down it's, it's almost useless but at least it lets you know if you're in the zone that has one hey there's a goonie here somewhere because that means you have to find the rooms and then hit the crap out of every wall with every item you have to hopefully find a door that <laughs> leads to a goonie and hopefully mm-hmm. you have a key
2: the whole time I was playing this, I was like, how did anyone ever beat this without any sort of guide? I,
1: I don't know I, if I they I can't did. imagine it. I, I mean, I had to stay glued to that guide. There weren't many games uh, when the Nintendo came around where I had to do that, where I had to rely on, you know, Nintendo power that much. I, it was useful when, you, when they had the, uh, you know, Simon's Quest, I think, was another one. Probably the only other one where I had to stick so close to the guide. Because uh, it's easy to get turned around on there. It's easy to get lost. Uh, yeah, I just, it's one of those, and you encounter them, but probably never to this extent, where you just wonder, like Jeremy's saying, how? How are you supposed to do it? Because as an adult, I can't do it. I can only imagine as a kid.
2: I mean, did we just have that much free time where we were just wandering around in these games, just trying literally Everything to to get through them because I mean, I've done that with games before when I was a kid, but I just can't put myself back in that kind of mindset of of how I'd even
0: do that. I mean, again, most of them as I was playing, I I thought if with trial and error, you'd figure out a lot of this. And we did have a lot of time. I mean, there's plenty of games that I guarantee I logged hours in that I would now have no patience. I'd play for 10 minutes and go, this game is garbage and throw it on the side and never play it again. But I would have played through, you know, a good example is Legacy of the Wizard. That's a game that I still don't understand. I don't have a clue how you beat it. I don't know what the point of the game is. But I spent <laughs> months just scouring the game to try to figure out what to even do. I, have, I still don't know. I tried to play it to, you know, recently just to see maybe I was just dumb. And I might still be dumb because I still couldn't figure it out. But I at least learned to only spend five minutes on it where I know I spent months on it previously. So there's a lot of this that you could figure out through extreme trial and error. But, but there's still a few things like hitting that lady in the head to get the candle. How would you right. ever figure yes. that out? And you can't I mean I could understand if you candle. just
2: hit her once and she would – you know, or, or if you kept hitting her, they would say something different. But yeah. every time yeah. you hit her, they would say the same thing. It wasn't like you were doing anything different. You just have to know. You just have to know to just keep hitting her until something will appear.
0: And I think the clue to that that's in one of the safes is like the old lady will help you if you ask enough times or something like that. And I'm like, how would you still know to punch her in the face five times? I know that's (laughs) not
2: asking. You're punching her in the face. She's literally saying, ow, over and over again. I mean, you're, you're hurting this woman. You're not actually asking her anything.
0: explain why i i still love this game i mean i think the music is a huge part of it but even with all the nonsense it's like i can just turn it on and i immediately teleport back to being 10 years old and that's it and it's wonderful
2: i mean i actually like playing the game i think the gameplay is pretty good um you know getting around and attacking enemies jumping everything like that is just classic nes konami yeah, uh, But, you know, it's, it's really hard to, to focus on that uh, and, and not dwell on those rooms and just how random they can be and, and how hard it can be to find your way around this huge, huge map um, that is really not connected by anything other than just, just those warp zones. So uh, unless you memorize everything and how to get around, uh, you're really going to spend most of your time just, just trying to figure out where to go.
0: Well, at least the music while you're doing that is enjoyable enough that you may not mind. I'm sure yeah, that's why true. I did it, because I can just hum those songs all day, as we've already talked about, because that's really the most notable part of the game, I think, is is the music and the fact that it is so different. Um, I don't know if I would recommend trying this now if you didn't, one, at least like the Goonies, and that's why I still don't believe Billy doesn't like the Goonies, <laughs> but it's... <laughs> Again, if you didn't have that guide and you, you didn't want to just take the patience on it, I don't know if you'd get out of the first couple areas. I think once you finally got a warp and ended up in an ice world, you'd just decide, this is dumb. I have to play something else that makes any sort of sense. Because you don't even know what you're supposed to be doing. It's like, save your friends. What does the hell does that mean? What, how am I supposed to save them? Do I fight a bunch of like, bosses and get them? No, no. You hit a wall until you find a doorway and then unlock the key. And it's like, oh, okay. Until eventually you will get to that water area. Uh, I don't, did you even make it to the underwater areas, Jeremy? Uh, no, I did
2: not get too far into this one. I, I actually uh, got as far as I could, started looking up some guides and everything, and um, I, I I did not get to the, the water part, though.
0: So the in order to even get to the underwater areas, you'll find a couple, you know, holes in the floor where you can see that it's water or something in there, and you have to find the scuba gear, uh, which is mm-hmm. hidden, of course, behind a wall where you punch it, and then you get a safe, and you open up the safe, and you get scuba gear, because that makes good sense. And uh, once you have scuba gear, you use it in the room. And all of a sudden you end up in in an underwater area and they're they're confusing. The underwater areas are are not huge, but they have a lot of like it's not even warps because it's almost like a tube. You go into a tube and you'll shoot down to the to like a lower level of the caves. And they have in the underwater areas a bunch of hidden rooms. But the only way to find a hidden room is to make sure you have bombs, which you don't get a whole lot of anyway. And you have to bomb in exactly the right spot. Not like in the, in the right area. I mean, in exactly the right spot. And they are not clearly marked at all. Now, you don't need to do this to get through the water areas completely. But I think there's a... I mean, I, again, I've played this a million times. And I know there's a handful of items I've never gotten. There's apparently... A, along with the radio transceivers, there's like a, a fully... Um, like a radio item you get to use in the rooms. And you'll find secret messages that are sent on this radio. I've never found that damn radio. I'm sure it's got to be underwater. Because that's where everything I can't
1: find is. It, yeah, it, these these locator devices. Yeah, yeah. I, I've only uh, I don't I don't know how many there are in total. I mean, I've only found a few. Uh, I believe yeah. there's
0: one for each Goonie. I think there's six, and then the last oh, one for wow. Annie. And then and then not just the transceivers, which are the ones that put them on the map. This is actually an item called the radio, and you use oh, it in okay. the rooms just like the hammer or the ladder. And then sometimes, if you're in a certain room and you use the radio, you'll get a special message. Maybe that's what says, "Hit the lady in the face ten times." I don't know because uh, I've never had the radio, so I'm not sure what kind of messages it gives out. But that's an item that I've never... I mean, I've beaten this game a hundred times. I've never had the
1: radio. That's either... I, I don't know if that's a good or bad statement about this game, that that after all these years, you still haven't found everything. I think what I
0: what I liked about it now when I'm playing through it is I didn't do a lot of things on this playthrough. I, I went from start to finish. I didn't get the helmet because I just didn't need it. I didn't remember where to get it. I didn't get the raincoat. And all these things just basically make it so that some of the environment um, things that can damage you will stop damaging If you get the raincoat uh, I guess it's a super strong raincoat Because it means that waterfalls won't hurt you <laughs> um, But still, and, and uh, the helmet means that The um, ice things that fall on your head Won't hurt you So there's little items you get that make the side scrolling pieces Easier to to not just die to a bunch of, of Environmental damage But I didn't get a lot of those because I just didn't need them And I, didn't, I only got one transceiver I don't even bother hunting for the transceivers because I just remember Where the goonies are So you can blow through this game if you know what you're doing in about 45 minutes, and I'm sure you can speed run it I'm sure you can find a speed run online for like 10 minutes somehow But I got through it in under an hour Start to finish, and I was like, man, I I can't Believe how much I remember Of this game, I mean, I've played it 100 times, but I haven't Played it in full easily in 5 years And it was just, bam, 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 bam I knocked the whole thing out Did any? I know we were. I don't know if everyone played this on an emulator, or I think Billy said he did play on the cart. Mm-hmm. Did anyone
1: try to use the password system on this?
2: No, I was save states all the way <laughs>
1: on this one. I did this. Uh, I did this in one run. Granted, I, I mean, I have a. I have an old TV set aside, so I mean, it was one of those. I did it over the course of a day. Uh, you know, just cut the TV off. Cut the TV off when I'm not playing, and you know, and, and go along. But I did not deal in the password system.
0: The passwords themselves are not long, but, but I guess because they're not long, they choose to have a 100 different characters. So you not only have every letter and every number, but any character you can think of that's on a keyboard, you also have as part of your password. And oh. if it's like a, um, a quote, they'll have both forward quotes and back quotes, and forward single quote and backward single quote, and wow. you know forward and backslash and all this other stuff. So you have to make sure you write down that password exact. And it doesn't make any sense that you have to. I mean, yeah, it has to keep track of what items you have, Whenever you start up, but you always start at the very start of the mansion when you are uh, at the at the hideout. Whenever you reload, any items you had are zeroed out. So if you had a hundred bombs, if you somehow got a hundred bombs and and saved it and came back, you'd have zero bombs. So it's really? not even saving how many of each thing you have; just do you have them. And so oh, th- there's no reason for this password to be as complex as it is. Again, it's not long. But it's just if you have one quote wrong, if you have the, oh, that's a forward quote, not a backward quote, all of a sudden it doesn't work anymore. And I guarantee that that I have probably pages of passwords with like angry scribbles underneath one of them where all of a sudden it stopped working. <laughs> Jesus,
2: we're going to have to start keeping track, and have like a, a top 10 worst NES passwords episode <laughs> or something. This is we, we seem to, to come across them every now and again.
0: Most of them are pretty bad. I mean, a few games like, you know, now I'm playing the Mega Man series. Again, I'm only using save states because they offer them. But, uh, but the passwords on those were at least a grid with colored dots. That was at least an interesting password. It was pretty easy to keep track of, but it allowed them to, to keep track of all those separate little items they had to keep track of. But a lot of the early NES passwords were just long character strings. And I I'd, I'd forgotten, you know, until we started doing this, this podcast exactly how painful that can be.
1: Uh-huh. Oh, it's awful. And needlessly. I, I, never, I never understood it. <laughs> never. But i, I got to say one thing. I thought was humorous. Uh, we're kind of getting towards the end of the game here. Uh, when you rescue this mermaid, this, this formless mermaid, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I was probably very disappointed about that as a kid. But <laughs> there's, a, there's a line. I, th- I think it's something like, hooray for the Goonies and Konami. Yes. Yes. Of course. <laughs> I thought I thought this game was strange because there are not. I mean, there aren't like big boss battles in this game, uh, and I can't remember many games where you don't encounter, you know, the the long drawn out boss fights. Uh, I mean, the the end of this game, you pretty much uh, you you know you go underwater, or you go through a door, and there you have it. Yeah. Uh, which I thought was pretty unique
0: It's all exploration, I mean, there is definitely combat, there's plenty of spiders and snakes and other things, and there are the fratellis who wander around and, and for the most part, you can't kill them. You'll hit the fratellis enough times and they'll fall on their back and like lift, flip their legs around comically and you can walk by them, but eventually they'll get up and you know kind of follow you again but the there's no bosses at all there's no you can avoid all combat in the game. I mean it's hard, but you could try to avoid as much combat as possible and still beat the game you know pretty easily as far as, as you know not having to worry about dying too often it's just the exploration is is intense i mean it's it's a lot of of really memorizing everything and especially those doors the other part we didn't mention about the the rooms depending on if you're on the front map or the back map when you walk into a room you're facing a different direction so you might you know it looks like you're going forward like you'll you'll look at it the way you'd look at a map i mean at a you know like your own eyes but actually you're facing the other direction because you came in through the back map. So a door that's in front of you, you actually push back to go out that door. And Mm -hmm. it doesn't make any sense on a lot of rooms. That's why I couldn't figure out you know, how this all tied together until you realize, oh, I have a facing that I have to worry about too. Then at least the rooms made a little more sense. But yeah, I don't know. That's definitely, that was awkward still. Um, But generally, uh, uh, Jeremy, since you're the person who did not play this previously, would you recommend this at all to anyone?
2: I would recommend people to play just for the soundtrack alone. Um, And, you know... I, I still think it's a fun game to play, um, but I would not tell anyone to play it without some sort of strategy guide sitting right next to them because it's, it's almost impossible to, to get through these days. And um, We were talking about that NES uh, strategy guide or the, the player's guide map. Uh, one of us is going to have to post a picture of that to, to Twitter or Facebook because I don't think people could possibly understand, even with a map, how confusing it is to get around that game because, like you said, it is just lines drawn all over that fucking page going from one thing to another um, to these massive maps and uh, even using that strategy guide, I was lost a lot of times. So um, if, if anybody wants to play it now, you you need to have a hell of a guide with you because it's almost impossible. Otherwise, I think it's pretty fun.
0: Yeah, like I said at the start of this, this is one of my top three NES games. I think it's my second favorite nintendo game um you know again i have to put that into the context of uh, as someone who played everything when it was new then it's it's still my second favorite game but if i just you know found a box of nes games and never played this there's almost no chance this would be a number my number two
1: um, <laughs> yeah but this is uh, this is a unique game i can say that much and and early on when i was first playing it i thought i was going to have more kind of bad news to deliver about it but i it, it's it's good it's okay uh the soundtrack's amazing uh, you'll, you'll find yourself lingering around to, to listen to it in certain areas, uh, but yeah, you've got to get a guide and I, and I don't mean like a walk through uh, all text you got you need a visual you need a visual guide. guide for this one. You have to have a visual guide, a map laid out for this one. Yeah I, you can't go through a uh, you can't hop online and read a guide telling you you know in words step by step. What to do? You're not going to make it. It is a it's a very confused. It's not a difficult game by any means, but it's just a very confusing game to maneuver about. And yeah, you're going to have to, unless you want to just watch a YouTube video and and follow right after them. Uh, you're going to need just a, a good old fashioned map for this one.
2: This game almost reminds me of like a way better version of Pitfall Two. Like I don't know if you guys ever played Pitfall Two, but that game was just basically pure. Exploration and almost completely nonsensical as well as far as getting around it. um But you know, this, like I said, the, the gameplay in this one is actually good. I enjoy playing it. Um, it's it's just those those puzzles and and figuring out how to how to get to where you need to be and and save those Goonies is by far the hardest part.
1: Did any of you notice how similar this is to Friday the Thirteenth? Did, did they, <laughs> did, they cl- did they clone this? <laughs> for friday the 13th for nes no i mean uh, you're rescuing a certain number of kids uh you know you go from side scrolling to the the in the room the room views uh both have a shit-ass map <laughs> uh, as i played along it's what i it's what i thought i mean it's the goonies is certainly the superior of the two but uh, there are just too many similarities there this is the second most ridiculous thing you've said this podcast <laughs> to compare this game to Friday the Thirteenth.
0: But I, I mean, I can see what you're saying. Yes, you're supposed to rescue a bunch of kids, and yes, the map is garbage. Uh, in fact, it, Friday the Thirteenth it's it's that backwards, like two circles. So if you're depending what side of the the of the map you're in, you'll be going backwards or forwards. You don't know where you're going. But this is not the same kind of game at all. That game was was impossible. Uh, Friday the Thirteenth. This is a very possible game. It's a little bit of nonsense. And you'll definitely want a map, but. Uh, but a far more enjoyable experience than Friday the 13th ever was. I'll definitely agree there. So that's our thoughts on Goonies 2. Uh, Again, I still stand by it being an amazing game. Uh, It is not, however... Uh, on the upcoming uh, Nintendo new Nintendo system that's coming out this year, Billy. I know you talked very angrily that uh, the NX was not going to make it this year, but there's another Nintendo system coming out this year. I'm sure you guys have seen the NES Classic Mini, I think is what it's called.
1: You know what? I I wish Nintendo would just say, hey, guys, this is the NX. (laughs) This is is what we've been working on. Uh, We were just kidding. The new Zelda's coming out only for the Wii U, and we're going to continue supporting it for a long time. Uh, and, And this was that NX sorry to mess around with you guys uh, here you go <laughs> and I would be thrilled uh, I am actually more excited about this, this tiny NES than anything else uh, Nintendo is currently doing uh, Yeah, and, that line, and the lineup of games, it ain't bad I didn't know what would make it on there I didn't know if it would just be uh, like all Mario pretty much but no, they've got some real gems on here including Tecmo Bowl but uh, tech mobile got the biggest reaction uh from from people i know uh when they when they released this thing you know everybody on facebook was sharing the link for the uh you know the announcement and everybody was talking about tech mobile Everybody's pretty excited about that one uh yeah i think this is a, a pretty smart move i mean i and as somebody that even owns I was looking through the list i own all but you know three or four of these games uh just the fact that they're all there you know, they're all contained on this one. There's no swapping out cartridges. And, thank God, it's an HDMI hookup. Yes, that's yes. wonderful. That sold me. That alone What was the sale right there.
2: The it's H- getting hard to do anything without an HDMI hookup anymore. I mean, you've literally got to go out and, and buy a an old-ass TV at this point because most modern TVs don't even have AV hookups anymore.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've, I've got to keep... Previously, I had to keep, uh, you know, the old... Standard early '90s 32 inch tube uh, to play a lot of older games on. Yeah, it's a chore hooking a Nintendo up to a to a modern day television. Uh, well, even
2: a lot of you know those uh, those plug and play things. Uh, my mm-hmm. girlfriend's got you know one of those. Uh, it's like Miss Pac Man. It's got got a bunch of uh, old Namco arcade games on it, mm-hmm. and that's just straight up you know a uh, yellow and red cable. And yeah. you know we don't have anything we can really play that on anymore.
1: So this is, this is a, a smart move, and Nintendo being with the times for once.
0: Well, yeah, you know, I looked at the game list. I own almost all those games that, that I'd want. I don't think I actually own, you know, Donkey Kong or Donkey Kong Jr., uh, and I probably won't play them that often, but, uh, but it does have my favorite NES game, uh, Kid Icarus, so I'll mm. be playing that. I already bought it on the Wii U Virtual Console and the previous Wii Virtual Console, and I think I have it on, on my 3DS, and I will gladly buy this system just for that, the original Final Fantasy, uh, Castlevania 1 and 2. I do love Castlevania 2, despite that it is kind of a garbage <laughs> game. Uh, and, and that's it's perfect because, yes, it's HDMI, so it's super portable. I can take it anywhere I want to be. If I'm going on vacation, you know, even if it's just because I know I'm not going to sleep ever, if I want to play Nintendo at 2 in the morning, I can. I don't have to worry about bringing anything else, just that. Uh, but also the controllers use the same inputs as the Wii remotes for the, the, uh, the thumb thing you use for the Wii remotes. So you can actually plug in the NES controller into your Wii remote and use it on the virtual console games. Uh, That's great. You know, I, I don't know how often I'll honestly do that, but I will definitely be thrilled that I can do it. Uh, the only thing I wish this did is it would, it would have the ability to, you know, even if it's to buy a, an additional card or something to get more games for it, but I think this is it. It's a standalone, no modification. Here's 30 games.
1: Yeah, I mean they've they've stated that you know this is what you get, but uh, you can't argue uh, the lineup on here. Even if this is the first in a line in a series, perhaps, uh, you know, and there maybe is other themed ones on down the line, something like that. Th- this thirty here, I mean, it's enough. It's enough. Th- Star Tropics is on this thing. You don't need <laughs> That's much.
2: That's a hell of a lineup. I mean that that those thirty games, I just expected you know a bunch of shit. But uh, that's a hell of a selection of of 30 games because I've been grown to expect with these kind of plug and play things, um, maybe about five or six really great, awesome classic games. And then the rest are just kind of garbage. Uh, But this one, just about every single game that's on there is is a real, real
0: winner. I was surprised to see they have as many games that aren't just nintendo properties like it yeah yeah that's what i was expecting it had just a, a bunch of c, Nintendo games. although why would you have super c and not contra but it doesn't matter super c still a good game um but yeah i was just surprised to see anything other than just you know mario and and zelda and you know the classics that i would still want there and i'm glad they're there but i, I was surprised to see as much non-nintendo support it I, I mean i can't imagine this thing isn't going to sell to everybody in like a 10-year age window I mean I, I imagine oh, everyone in our generation. Already will sold buy out. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be everywhere. And and I think it's gonna <laughs> they might as well just cancel the NX at this point and just say, guys, this is what you want, this is what we're gonna do.
2: <laughs> well, like Billy, I mean, this is what I'm excited for. I you know, I know nothing about the NX and everything I've heard about it just doesn't make me excited for it. But this, I'm legitimately excited for it. Uh, I know the internet's gonna internet and, and be outraged at everything that this doesn't have this this 60 dollar nintendo portable nintendo nintendo system doesn't have a wi-fi connection you know it doesn't have swappable carts you, you can't do all this other shit to it it costs 60 bucks when when that's way too much money apparently i, I don't care I, th- I think on its own just as a standalone thing i think it's really cool and i'm totally gonna buy one
1: and you know this price point uh, is excellent you can't complain if you've been out they haven't spent time at the flea market you can't get these thirty <laughs> games for a total of sixty dollars.
2: You haven't even spent time on the the Wii Virtual Console because most yeah. of those games are what about five ten bucks a piece? They're all yeah. five dollars
0: a piece, and and some of those aren't even on the Virtual Console. Yeah, so it's it's five dollars a piece for thirty games. You've already spent uh, one hundred fifty dollars, and they're offering this instead as a fully you know usable unit that plugs into any TV for for sixty bucks. I mean that's not it's amazing. And the extra controllers I think are are five or ten dollars. They aren't much for that extra controller. I mean that's wonderful. That that's this is the best thing they've put out in forever. And can you think,
2: imagine if we were kids back in the day, and that this came out,
0: like we would probably just shit ourselves. Well, done. if it was when we were kids, it would have to be like a collection of Tiger handhelds. They wouldn't have, it wouldn't <laughs> oh, be Nintendo man. games. It would be fifty Tiger handhelds in one handheld. We'd, we but think it was the coolest thing we've ever seen.
1: Yeah, they'd have at least one. They'd have at least one sale right here. They wouldn't like, really the license for MC the Hammer, Hammer game. Was yeah. on there. <laughs> I
0: think you're more likely to see them expand this into you know, a classic Game Boy or a classic um, Super Nintendo lineup as opposed to see another Nintendo because they've hit all their franchises pretty much. I don't know if Metroid's on there or not, but everything else that you'd want is kind of there. So I think you'd instead see a a Super Nintendo one that would have, you know, Super Mario Brothers and uh, Super Mario World, I mean, and and the Zelda Link to the Past. All those games would be on that. Probably not as many, but I would expect to see that expansion as opposed to, uh, you know, another Nintendo with 30 different games on it.
2: Did they say if this was going to have, like, save states in it at all?
0: I haven't seen that, but it doesn't mean it won't. I I don't know. Um, If it's like the other flashback units, because I have the, the Intellivision flashback and the ColecoVision flashback, it's pretty much a straight emulator, so it doesn't do anything the original games didn't do. And I would imagine this is going to be the same.
2: Also, I wonder, you know, if this is you know, it's going to be big. So, I mean, people are going to want to tinker with it, or, you know, if people's going to find a way to, to actually jam more Nintendo games into this thing than than what's originally there, it, it's going to be interesting to see what people do with it.
1: Okay, I, I've just... I had to look that up. They say it does support uh, save states in it. All right. Which, uh,
0: it just keeps getting... It keeps getting bad. I mean, someone might I, finally finish Zelda 2. That could be incredible.
1: <laughs> Maybe. It's, it's going to make it a lot less painful, I think. Uh, but, yeah... Shit, maybe this is just what Nintendo just needs to do from now on, because this is the most excited I've been about a Nintendo product in, in a long time, and and they successfully successfully got me to I'm going to be rebuying stuff I already own uh, gladly. So maybe, uh, yeah, I think they're probably just planning ahead for this inevitable NX failure. <laughs> <laughs> testing the, the retro waters to see how those work out, so they can, they can fall back on that afterwards.
0: Well, a game that will not be on the NES Mini Classic is next week's game, which is our next episode's game, uh, which is another listener suggestion. This is Kendo Rage for the Super Nintendo. I know literally nothing about Kendo Rage, and therefore I'm very excited to play it. Yeah, oh, I
1: know uh, I don't have anything for this one. i I I obviously have never seen this one in the video store or anywhere else. Uh, I've looked up a couple of screenshots. I perfe- uh, purposefully have not watched any video. I'm going to go in pretty much as blind as I have for any game we've done here.
2: Yeah, that's. I, I remember seeing it in the video store, but I never rented it. Um, for one, I think someone actually stole the game because I never saw it in. And I can't imagine that there was this amazing... Uh, rush to to rent kendo rage every fucking time it got in there, um, also because this was one of those rare games back in the day, um basically straight from japan a uh, female lead character that you play as so a female hero heroine um, and as a as a ten year old boy I was like this game has cooties all over it, and I do not want to play this um, but i'm actually looking forward to playing it now I, I really want to see what it 's all about uh, from what i 've seen, it kind of reminds me of a a very simple version of the Valis games from TurboGrafx.
0: Oh, now we bring up the TurboGrafx. I see. <laughs> <laughs> well, if, you, uh, if you'd like to see... Uh, let me try that again. So yes, our next game will be Kendo Rage. Uh, again, listener request. Uh, so until our next show, please check us out on RetroVania.net. Uh, we mentioned it earlier that uh, we just reviewed Jeremy just reviewed Top Gun. That's our fiftieth review. So uh, there's a lot F- of content there. F- Fifty reviews. reviews, and that doesn't include the podcast. That doesn't include. I think we have some uh, some like play alongs or something on there too. Uh, it's definitely a lot of content there to check out, and new new content every week. So check us out there, or follow us on Twitter at RetroVaniacs, and we'll see you next time.